Hello and welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. My name is Mary Dogleish and today this podcast is going to cover some key tips regarding employing people. This podcast follows on from a series of meetings up and down the country looking at when people need to be put through the books and what you need to do in order to get going as an employer. The inspiration for this roadshow of meetings came from a series of bookkeeping events in 2018 where we discovered that farmers were getting caught out by employment legislation. And as such, we held these meetings to provide clarity and information regarding the topic of employing people. I am joined today by Sandra Guthrie, who is an accounts assistant with Campbell Dallas. Sandra has a good background in payroll, and as such, we're going to hear some key messages today about things to consider when employing people, particularly in relation to payroll and pensions. Hi Sandra, how are you? Very well, thanks for having me. Problem at all. Firstly, Sandra, whilst self-employed contractors are an excellent way to provide valuable extra resources at busy times, HMRC are now starting to investigate these self-employed contractors on farms to determine if it is valid to define them as self-employed. There are situations where these self-employed contractors are meeting all of the criteria of employees and therefore should be going through the books. Do you see these situations arising with the farming businesses that you work with? And would there be any tips that you would give your clients in relation to payment and invoices to try and avoid the lines between self-employed contractors and employees becoming blurred? I personally have not had any experience just yet, but I do know that HMRC are tightening up on businesses who do hire contractors. We have many clients who use contractors, so it is something we need to ask and make sure clients are compliant with so that if they do ever get investigated by HMRC, it has been considered and they can provide evidence to ensure that they will not incur any penalties or fines. We need to make sure that clients have a full understanding of what the difference is between contractors and employees and they need to look at the regularity and circumstances that they are using contractors for. As long as farmers have a clear understanding of the difference between self-employed versus employed and they can prove that the contractors that they are using for example, decide what work they do, when they do it or how they do it and are responsible for fixing any unsatisfactory work in their own time or are free to work for more than one person and use their own tools. They are ticking some of the boxes for being classed as self-employed. Farmers who hire contractors to work over long periods of time, five or six days a week, and they are not working for anyone else, this is where the lines start to get blurred and HMRC will start to argue that their employees rather than contractors. Excellent uh, points there, Sandra, about some of the uh, key ways farmers are getting caught out in the self-employed contractors versus employees debate. Looking at payroll, there are a few different options available, such as uh, farmers can use the HMRC basic payway tool on their own computers, or many are now starting to move to the cloud-based packages, either off their own backs or with assistance from accountants like yourself. What would you say are the key things that everybody should make sure their payroll system can do? So HMRC basic payway tool does allow you to perform the basic payroll tasks, working out national insurance and tax for your employees and sending this information to HMRC. However, there are various options people can use, but it comes down to each client and their own needs. So you need to factor in things like how many employees they have and what type of workers they employ, the salaried standard will they have overtime some packages are standalone which can complete the basic functions of entering standard hours overtime calculating tax national insurance 
running pension assessments for auto-enrolment, producing payslips and connecting to HMRC to submit the payment submissions, which is really what you want your package to be able to do. Some more sophisticated packages, which are now cloud-based, can be integrated with your bookkeeping package. For example, Xero, they have an add-on to their bookkeeping software for payroll and this allows them to do all of the above and can take processes like a direct link to your pension provider so that you don't need to log on separately to their website and add in the pension payments. It's definitely a very good point that the newer systems coming out are much more um, integrated and syncing to various different things. Um, following on from that, I'm sure you can imagine that for some people, uh, setting up a payroll can be a daunting prospect. Would you have any tips for new employers to make the setup process easier? Again, not every business is the same, so I would recommend that they get advice before they proceed with the setup. Cost and available time for themselves can be a large factor for what route the business takes, so their advisor will suggest the best option for setting up the payroll. They'll know how capable the clients are, or maybe aren't, for carrying out certain tasks and what systems they currently use for their bookkeeping to see if they can get a payroll system which can be linked or is user-friendly if setting up on separate standalone package. It might be that business will be in a position where they will ask their advisors to carry out the payroll processing, but others may be fully capable of carrying out payroll themselves with their advisors offering advice or training. I think it's a good point you make that um, computer literacy uh, nowadays does have a big a big impact in what options people choose. So can you just give us a bit of background on how using an accountant or bookkeeper to assist with payroll works? There has been plenty of uh, discussion at the various meetings that different people provide a different level of information to their accountant and some good debate on the length of time it took people uh, to prepare this information. So for example, is it up to the farmer to calculate the exact amount to be paid, including overtime? Or can accountants assist with that, particularly in complex circumstances, providing the farmer persists you with the necessary information about who has worked which hours? Again, it varies between clients. Some carry out their own payroll, some we carry out on their behalf. Some will be prepared on a weekly, four-weekly or monthly basis and we will either have the information for each employee on file for salaries or clients will provide us with timesheets for each employee to work out standard and potentially any overtime work. The process for carrying out payroll can sometimes be quite complex for agricultural clients, especially making sure that clients are compliant with the Agricultural Wages Board rules and ensuring that the workers are being paid at the correct rates for standard and overtime hours, which is also something employers really need to be vigilant as there are usually changes to these rates each year which come into place on the 6th of April. So these changes need to be implemented and updated for rates and are reflected in the payroll processing. Employers also need to be careful when they are employing workers who have completed relevant qualifications in agriculture as these employees will be entitled to an additional amount onto their hourly rate to compensate for the qualifications that they have completed. Ensuring clients are set up properly is important to us and there are a couple of cases we have had clients do their own payroll and are not aware that they're eligible to claim employer's allowance where you get an exemption for the first £3,000 of employer's national insurance, which can be quite a big saving to a small business. Some excellent points there, and I would agree they were um, some of the areas that I noticed uh, on the meeting roadshow that were catching people out was the 
top up uh, for qualified workers and also um, the employment allowance. So yeah, definitely two very key areas there. Clicking on um, to pensions, it obviously is now the duty of employers to auto-enrol employees on a pension scheme. It's no longer the choice of those employees. The new sort of cloud-based payroll software packages allow you to link your pensions account to your payroll system and I understand there are great advantages to be gained from that. Would you like to expand on that? Yep, so the new cloud packages link straight to certain pension providers along with some of your own standalone packages depending on the pension provider that your business is enrolled with. Again, it can be client dependent if you use this function or not. If the business only has a few employees, it's sometimes easier just and quicker just to log on and manually submit the figures on the provider's website. However, if you do have the link set up, it does reduce the time spent completing the payroll and also the risk of typing in and getting manual errors. Depends on how the payroll is set up and how many employees have opted into the pension scheme and if they're eligible. The criteria for auto-enrolment for pensions is it's for those aged between 22 and the state pension age and earn at least £10,000 a year before tax to be eligible. Now this is easy if all your employees fit into this bracket the first time um, you set up your pensions account. But say for example you had your account in place and then one of your employees later reached their 22nd birthday and were therefore then, along with earnings, meeting the criteria for auto-enrolment. Is it easy to add somebody as part of the payroll process onto a pensions account? And could you maybe explain a little bit about how this process works? So when a business is set up for payroll, every business now has to have a workplace pension in place, regardless of its employee status. The payroll package that has been used should have a pension assessment report which can be run each time the payroll is processed. This evaluates each employee on their eligibility and calculates what contributions both employee and employer should be paid. If the employee record for each worker is accurate and up to date, the software should recognise that the employee comes eligible and will include these workers in the new calculations. That said, even if the worker has not reached 22, they can still voluntarily opt into the scheme providing they earn more than £6,136 a year. This is for 1920. You will also find some of the payroll packages like Sage Payroll, when the assessment report is run, will recognise that the employee is now eligible and will create a standard letter, often known as a general notice, that the employer can print off and send to the employee, which will outline what auto-enrolment is and their options. That was very useful uh, information there, Sandra, and some things I didn't realise about that the system um, was keeping a check, in, or some systems were certainly checking when um, employees were maybe becoming eligible for auto-enrolment, and I'm sure that's good for many people to know, because everybody likes a reminder, uh, rather than having to try and remember themselves. In your opinion, Sandra, what would you say are the most common areas that you see people getting caught out by in relation to getting an employee on the books and paying them? I think getting employers to recognise that the they are employers rather than agents is the biggest issue. Perceived as being easier just to receive an invoice and send a payment rather than setting up PAYE, doing the payroll processing each month. It is the farmer's decision to determine if they are employees or not, so they are fully responsible and it will be them that suffers the penalties and if they get investigated by HMRC. And a very good point there, um, Sandra, that you make in relation to making sure that farmers know um, they are liable if somebody wasn't through the books uh, when they should have been. I think that's something that often um, gets mistaken uh, amongst the farming community. 
So finally then, if those listening to this podcast today were to go away with one key message about employing people, what would be Sandra's tip from the top? Just make sure that every contractor used currently and in the future is considered and assessed and do not be deterred from getting advice from an advisor. It is well worth making sure that you follow the rules correctly and make sure you get as much help as possible when setting up to ensure it has been done accurately. Thank you very much, Sandra, for joining me today and giving such excellent tips and advice. For more information on the topics covered today, go to the Farm Advisory Service website, www.fas.scot, and there you will find practical guides, videos and podcasts on employing people. And thank you for listening to this Farm Advisory Service podcast.